Hey, what's going on? This is your professional wrestling fix. Follow us on Facebook at 10 Wrestling Pro Wrestling Discussions, on Twitter at The Enziguri, and catch new episodes of the 2300 Podcast and The Basement Dropkick on Anchor FM, Spotify, and other leading platforms. Welcome to 2300 Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, D.B. Richards, and alongside with me is the referee, Dave Keener. How's it going? Hey, dude. What's going on? How you doing? Huh? Oh, you got an all hat, huh? Hmm. What, what, what's going on? What, Do you love wrestling? Oh, I love wrestling, yes. Do you love candy? Oh, candy. Ooh. Well, at Candy to the Stars, number two, S-T-A-R-Z, they put them together. They put them together. How do right. they put them together? So they make candy, but okay. wrestlers on it, wrestling, or something wrestling related. Oh, nice. So you can see all the candy creations at Candy to the Stars on Facebook, or you can also reach her on Twitter at Carrie Menashe. That's at K-A-R-I-M-E-N-A-S-H-E. Oh. One word. Where can we call her at? We can also call her 718-687-8804. Oh. They specialize in chocolate lollipops with edible pictures. And the other really cool thing I just found out about this place is last night they did candy for AEW superstar Brian Cage. Oh, that's so awesome. I like Brian Cage. He's a nice guy. Very nice guy. We got... Wait, before you go any further, don't forget that this is our premiere episode tonight of the 2300 Podcast. Oh, you're saying this is our premiere this is our this debut is our tonight. Debut together on together. a show together. Yes. Oh my gosh! And guess what? We got our friend Quinn on the other side right there. Say hi, Quinn. Quinn doesn't know anything about wrestling, so he's going to learn about wrestling with us now. So he's going to know who Macho Man Randy Savage is. He's going to know who Hulk Hogan is. He's going to know all this stuff. But he did confide in us. He does know who Chris Jericho is, just not through wrestling. Fozzie. He knows Fozzie. He's like, I know Fozzie. And I'm like, Wow, what's the voice? And he's like, Oh. And who do we got on? So on tonight's show, we have former TNA Impact ring announcer and current House of Hardcore ring announcer, David Adams. The Integrity Network is officially brought to you by Royalties and Custom Apparel. Please visit www.royaltiescustomapparel.com. All one word. So what's the webpage again? www.royaltiescustomapparel.com. You can also reach them at 1-800-597-2517 and use promo code INSEGURI and receive 10% off your order of $25 or more. So, Keener, um, what's that number again? That number, once again, is 1-800-597-2517 and use the INSEGURI code and receive 10% off. How do you spell INSEGURI? E-N-Z-U-I-G-I-R-I. Once again, that is E-N-Z-U-I-G-I-R-I. And how much do you take off? 10% off, order of $25 or more. Oh, let's do it now. I'm wearing the shirts right now. And don't forget, you can also receive our shirts at royalties.com. Ooh, mm. we got shirts. We got shirts. Oh, we got shirts. Okay, we got Dave um, Adams here right now. Hello, Dave. Hey, David Adams here. How you fine gentlemen doing on this lovely Memorial Day afternoon weekend? We are doing great. It's beautiful. Good. Oh, I can't wait to talk about I wrestling. Yeah, can we? Again, because oh, we're back. Oh, yeah, we are Finally. back. 
We are back. We uh, we took we took a nice long break with this virus, and we're back. We're the, we're ready hiatus, to hiatus, but and I got a new co-host. It's a, it's kind of fun. So let's get right now, a co-host for the first time. Oh yeah, this is because if the train goes off the tracks, I want to be part of it. <laughs> <laughs> so to get the fans to know your background, where did you start off at? Officially, I started off a ring announcing uh, back in January 2011. A company called Devastation Wrestling Federation at the time in Pennsauken, New Jersey, owned by Doc Diamond. That's where I basically got my first start announcing in front of live crowds. And I was booked by a gentleman named Bob the Booker Brinsfield. And he was the first guy to, you know, return my messages on Facebook and say, hey, come on down, we'll give you a shot. Uh, there's no pay. And, but, you know, he goes, we'll give you the opening match. And I was all about it. It was like a 120-mile drive. I was like, hey, I'm trying to get my feet wet. I'll do it. And when I got there, um, they, everybody's like, uh, can we help you? You know, like when you go to a wrestling show and you see a strange dude with a gear bag and they, nobody knows you, they're like, who are you looking for? And I'm like, uh, Bob the Booker? They're like, yeah, let's wait right here. They, they wouldn't even let me in the building. Bob comes up and goes, oh, you must be Dave. Well, good news and bad news. And he's like, uh, uh, the good news is you got the opening match. Um, the bad news is that um, our ring announcer, no called and no show. So you got the rest of the show. He goes, I look at it this way. If you suck, we're not paying you anything. And we'll just never call you back. So good luck, kid. Get in there. And that was it. <laughs> so it was like no hot dog and a handshake type of thing? Uh, I knew it was going to be a hot dog and a handshake. I didn't even care. I just wanted the handshake. And uh, I had to earn the handshake. Shit, anybody can get a hot dog. You got to earn them handshakes. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Trust yeah, me. Mean, Been there. I mean, I, it, was, it was a great opportunity. Um, I, I, As a matter of fact, to this day, there's a little secret about me. I use index cards, and I don't necessarily use them in the ring, but I use them so I can, when I'm at ringside, you know, between matches, I can focus on what I'm announcing next. And, I, and ideally, I usually try and look at the index card and then memorize it and then get in the ring. But I always put a number on them because of that night. I was so nervous. And people were nice enough to me. If I got their weight and information and their location, they were cool. I gave me their name. But they weren't like, you know, lovey-dovey yet because they didn't know who I was. They're like, all right, new guy. So right when they're like, are you, are you nervous? Are you ready to go? And I was kind of just like, no, I'm good. And I'm, I'm right behind the curtain. And just as the show starts, I drop all my index cards on the ground. <laughs> and I had to try to organize them real quick because I had like all the matches. So after that, I was like, how was this? And ever since after that, I always put a number in the corner of every index card for the match order. That way, in case I uh, ever have that happen, I'll be prepared. And then when I got in the ring, I was all amped up and I got the mic. I wasn't even that nervous once I got in the ring. And I started saying, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Devastation Wrestling Federation. And there was about 300 people there. And, there, and the next thing you know, I hear 300 people chanting, Turn your mic on, asshole. Turn it on. Turn the on-off switch on. So that was cool. And um, and I, I just said, I was like, man, I, was just, I owned it. I was like, man, I was nervous. But I guess uh, we got that out of the way. And I turned the mic on. And, and I ended up announcing for them for like another year and a half. So, uh, <laughs> so it worked out good. But yeah, uh, that was my uh, quick uh, story of my first time uh, announcing it in front of a live crowd. So it was all good. Were you a... Were you a wrestling fan before this? Oh, shit. Uh, we can do a little, like, cursing on here, right? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, shit, man. Yeah, I've been a wrestling fan since, like, five years old. Okay, yeah. okay. Me too. WWE super superstars and shit like that back in the day. Absolutely. Okay, okay. So, was the ring announcing the thing you wanted to do getting into wrestling business? It was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I said this on, on other podcasts for, for other companies and stuff, but, I mean, yeah, it was always... 
like like the wrestling, I always loved uh, like the aspect of the wrestlers. But I mean, I even like even later on as I grew up in life, I tried wrestling in high school, and I mean, I pretty much I got varsity like my senior year, but I pretty much was JV like the, the whole time. And the only reason I got varsity senior year is because I I stuck with it. I wasn't even a starter. I was like you know second guy on on varsity. But you know, if you stick with something for 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 four years, eventually they're gonna give you something. But I just wasn't. I was like a mediocre mediocre wrestler at best. So. But yeah, as a kid, I always, you know, I remember that I was um, always wanting to mimic Howard Finkel. He would, uh, as a kid, I would take like a hairbrush or a shampoo bottle, whatever was around the apartment, and I would always stand in front of the TV, and I was like, how flabby he looked with the suit on, and mm-hmm. I, and he, it seemed like he was doing the job effortlessly, yet his voice was like, boom, everywhere, and I would just try and mimic him as a kid, and I mean, I, I remember as a kid, it was like one of my earliest memories of I can remember living in, the, in this apartment complex, and neighbors would be like knocking on the door, knocking on the walls because I'd be too loud, and that was their way of like basically saying, "Be quiet." I'd always be <laughs> like trying to like mimic his announcements and shit like that. So I mean, since a little kid, I mean, I was like the announcer aspect, and I tried the athleticism. I mean, the you know, I, I can see all the moves, and in my head, I know you know how everything goes. But you know, physicality sometimes uh, what your mind possesses, you can't reenact with the physicality part. So. I still wanted to be part of the uh, circus, as they say, and uh, I found my niche as an announcer. Uh, and then I also, and then eventually, um, I got an opportunity to, to do commentary as well. And I figured it was a great, great way to double down because some shows I can't get booked as a ring announcer because they already have one. But they're like, "Hey, your commentary is pretty good." And I've I've gotten bookings on shows where, the, where I wasn't ring announcing, just doing commentary. So make that like money, however you can. I have. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna skip a little bit down to one of the questions. What is the hardest name to announce? Um, I don't know. Um, I mean, and I'm not uh, toot my own horn, blow smoke uh, type person, but I mean, um, one of my skills I, I've been told I'm really good at is breaking down even the toughest of names and and uh, doing like even if I mess it up backstage, if I'm talking to a talent and I script the name, I'm like, that's all right. I'll get it right in the ring. And even afterwards, like, yep, you nailed it in the ring, man. I don't know. I'm just able to break down the uh, syllables and the and the accent, you know, break down the consonants from the vowels and like, yeah. like, and sometimes it's just like, even if I'm not positive, I can like slur it together. So even with my like, you know, echoey voice on the microphone, it still sounds pretty smooth. So yeah. I, I honestly haven't had any knock on wood. And I've been doing this almost 10 years. I don't recall a time when I was ever in the ring where I just like was like, ah, I, I fucked that name up or whatever. So it's <laughs> been all right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of talking to myself backstage. And, you know, I've had some names that were like, you know, last names that were probably like 12, 13, 14 letters long. And I just broke it down into like three easy little like syllables. And it makes it easier. And a lot of, and a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, I'll take the name. And if it's spelled kind of like, you know, some way that I, I can't pronounce it, I'll purposely spell it wrong so I say it right. Yeah. Yeah. And that helps me a lot. I'll, I, I'm not a big fan of ABC, one, two, three sometimes. And then, you know. Oh, good. Sometimes that's the magic of it, you know. Keep it simple, and then make it sound professional. In the ring. Yeah, I remember my, uh, ideology. Yeah, I remember growing up, and my last name. You look at it; it's, it looks like it says Broger, but it's pronounced Brocker. And um, kids, teachers coming into school, they're like Broger, and all the kids in the class is like it's Brocker. So it's like, do you know how often people get the Keener wrong? It was either like Kenner or Keener or. Oh yeah, they, yeah, no. They're wrong. Yeah. So I can tell you, I've never messed up Mike Keener's name. There is your referee, Mr. Mike Keener. Right. I've always said his name like, right. When we we so, would go out to eat, 
There would be always times where people get me and my brother's last name wrong. I, I, I still get YouTube mixed up. <laughs> How? <laughs> I'm taller. I, I got one for you, Dave. Yeah. Making his way to the ring, Dave Rucker. There you go. That would work. <laughs> I like it. I like so, it. So, like my first question is, and I know I've had one. Um, did you ever have a sure. geek out moment when you were doing a show? Like, like a geek out for like a fan, or do you have like a fanboy moment for? Yeah, like, it's a fan, yeah, like a fanboy like, moment. Keep it all inside. Yeah, um, a ton, of course. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, uh, there, you know, it, there's a movie called The Replacement, and at one point. Uh, you know, there, there's a talk between the coach and Keanu Reeves, and he's basically saying, you're, you're like a duck on a pond, you know, you gotta stay calm on the water, but under the water, your feet are running like a mile a minute type deal, and oh yeah, that's like me on the inside, like, like oh, I've yeah. announced, God, I mean, uh, countless names, I mean, uh, where you're just like, to myself, I'm like, I have the coolest job, I mean, these are, these are iconic, uh, Superstars, uh, internationally renowned, but performers, and yeah, I mean, I, I mean, everybody from, I mean, I've, I've been blessed to share the ring with the likes of like Brett Hitman Hart, Rob Van Dam, Jerry Lynn, Lance Storm, uh, the Young Bucks, uh, the Lucha Bros, Private Party. I mean, House of Glory alone. I mean, I've just uh, right. Oh yeah, tons of tons of moments. Uh, Ricochet was their champion there. For God's sake, he he was a great. Uh, great asset uh pj black um there's been um amazing regs he's like you know the the key asset to that company there yeah um, i was around when reg was coming up so yeah i mean i could sit here and say i have countless names and i mean god i mean it just reminds me how blessed i am to be a small part of this and and the people you know from the from the you know beginnings of where I started from to what I'm doing now. I mean, I mean, I've just been trying to do it the right way and I, I don't, I don't try and, uh, you know, take any shortcuts and I don't try and backstab any other, you know, people in this business yeah. and I want to be upfront and as the kids say, keep it 100 with everybody. And it's a hard thing to do in this business because not everybody in this business is nice and it's not based on being nice always. It's about making money and it's about, uh, you know, putting butts in seats basically so for me to, you know, still be around and and announcing the names that I am and, you know, you know, I can't wait till we all get back. I mean, it's truly right. Oh, yeah. and it reminds me how, of how far I've come. And uh, Tito Santana, one of my favorite iconic legends to announce. I mean, every time I announce uh, at a show, he's out. He always tells me how professional I am and how well-mannered I am. And, and he's like, you should really get your, you know, information out to the big companies. I'm like, I'm trying, my man. I'm trying. And you know, so when I hear, like, legends give me, like, that thumbs up, like, and they, these guys have been around for, like, 40 years in the business, and they've seen everything and everybody. And when they tell me that I, I got it, you know, I guess I have to believe that, you know. Because, you know, as a performer, I mean, I can't speak for other announcers or referees or, or wrestlers, but I would have to think as a performer, sometimes you have to have, you know, you know, whether you admit it or not, sometimes you might doubt yourself, you know. You know, doing this, I'm doing this for 10 years, and, you know, I'm not signed anywhere, but I'm also like, oh, maybe this is the end of the line. You know, maybe I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to keep keep going, keep striving, 
because if this business was easy, everybody would get signed. So I figure as long as I every, as long as I do these shows and I have the respect of the promoters, the respect of the boys and the girls in the back, and the respect of the fans and gentlemen such as yourselves that invite me on your podcast to talk about wrestling and, and my uh, triumphs and whatnot, I mean, it's really an honor. And uh, thank you very much. You're welcome. See, I have a geek out moment, and it's a really cool geek out moment for me. I was hanging out at Cyberslam 99, and that was there talking to Carino, and Dusty walked up to him and said, hey, when you get a chance, talk. I'm like, uh, 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 uh. Like Dusty stood there, shook my hand, and walked away. I'm like, okay, that was kind of cool. Yeah, that was my I'm geek out. That was my fanboy. Uh, yeah, honestly, I'll tell you, my number one fanboy moment, and I and I handled it very professionally, and it was probably not even a fanboy moment, but it was like one of the greatest honors of my life. And um, uh, I was announcing at the time for WrestlePro, and I had the opportunity to announce Ric Flair to the ring. He was literally, you know, I was welcoming the, the show. The format was, welcome the fans to the show. You know, we are WrestlePro. And then basically a pause, 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 and then... All you hear is, woo, and then the fans just lost their minds, and I just, I gave him the whole, he is a, he is the 16-time world, you know, heavyweight champion, two-time Hall of Famer, and I gave him this whole perfectly timed entrance, you know, and then he shook my hand, and then he grabbed the mic, and before he cut his, you know, basically he was just, you know, thanking everybody for being there type promo, but he's like, He's like, damn, my man, I got to take you on the road with me. So it was like, <laughs> that was his way of saying, you're good. So that's like kind of getting the tip of the cap from Babe Ruth that, you know. So it's like, yeah, so it was pretty good. And I, and, um, I was doing commentary that night with Sam Roberts, and he even kind of looked at me. He's like, that was really good. So when you get these <laughs> people that have been in the industry. Not a, not a bad impression either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'd say, and, 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 you yeah, He's also, in the 10 years that I've been doing this, I've asked for pictures with a bunch of talent, but I've only asked for one autograph from one person ever, and that was Rick Flair. And that was actually 16 months later, uh, one, of the cam- one of the ringside cameramen took a picture of him shaking hands with me, and he blew it up and he sent it to me. And then Rick Flair was doing an appearance at House of Glory, and before he left, I kind of like stuck on stage, I'm like, I don't want to be unprofessional, but I-, I met you like last year, I announced you, I was like, can you sign this for me? And he, kinda, he was like, hell yeah. And he signed it, and it was, and it was, it's on my wall now, so, man, man cave, uh, you know, awesome picks, and it was like the only time, and he signed it, you know, 16 time with the F and woo, and yeah, I mean, the guy is, you know, oh, yeah. sometimes you just, sometimes you just gotta, you know, take advantage of that, but that, that would probably be the only time I really take fanboy out, just because of all his accomplishments in the business. And to just share the ring with them that one time was pretty cool. So, um, Bret Hart was on my all-time favorites growing up. So, um, yeah. my friend went to California to get his autograph in the book. And I got back, um, got it back. I framed it and have every everything on there. I took a picture of it. And when I saw um, Bret at a show, um, I, I showed him it. He got a tear in his eye. And he said, thank you. thinking about Bret Hart. That's good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, thank you. You're... You're thinking about me and all that stuff. So, what is the best advice you ever um gotten? Say that last question again, bro. What was the, what was the best advice you ever had? Uh, the best advice, you know, I, I've had a lot of advice in, in this business. Um, I worked this I worked this show a couple of years ago, maybe two years ago, we'll say, for uh for a company in New Jersey, 
And in the corner of my eye, somebody that, one of the talents, there was a talent that was just kind of hanging out at the vendor table that wasn't scheduled to be there, and it was Gary Michael Capetta. And he just, I guess he was on a book signing tour, and he heard that there was wrestling in town, so he kind of just like slipped in the back door and was kind of watching it for a little bit. And, um, you know, I made a point to go out and shake hands with him, but he was busy that night. But um, one of the boys in the back is like, yo, man, you should, like, really ask him for some advice. And I, so I, I did. I hit him up on uh, Facebook. I private messaged him a day or two later, and he was very nice. And I asked him for some advice, and he's like, no, he's like, honestly, from what I saw, he's like, you have a lot of energy, but I couldn't understand the last part of what you were saying. You're at the crescendo. and..." I'll be honest, I had to Google what Crescendo was, and I was like, and I'm, so I realized, so I start my announce, I, I, I didn't realize it, I start my announcing very strong, and then my voice kind of muffles off toward, towards the end, so uh, honestly, I, I didn't, I, you know, it's something I started watching, like, videos of me announcing, I was like, oh, shit, I was like, I, you know, sometimes you don't pick up the thing, you know, these things, and it's easy for people in the back to be like, brother, brother, you did so good tonight, and I, <laughs> I appreciate that, but I, I actually want to know, what can I do to get better, because, I mean, uh, yeah, and it was great, it was a little bit of advice, it, you know, we, you know, it was a quick conversation, I'm sure he's a busy man, I thanked him for it, and I changed it up, and uh, I think people noticed it, because they were like, yeah, man, your announcement's getting better, a couple shows after that, started getting stronger and I was just one of these things where I just kind of paused my words and and I made sure I didn't hold out the last syllable of somebody's name as long and I kind of like you know I might do like a big you know intro for like the first half of their name and then keep it short at the end and, and, and people can understand it and it pops a little bit better and it saves a little bit of time on the show so I mean that was I mean that was really good advice um gosh I mean I've had a lot of people over the years just help me with the breathing and basically just uh, you know announce from, from, from the diaphragm how to go through a three three and a half hour show without my voice going a lot of people ask me that I mean it's cough drops and iced tea a lot of times but also it's not using your voice like it's not using my throat to announce the words it's, it's reaching deep down into your diaphragm in your ribcage and 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 uh, expressing it from there and you know going with the passion of the crowd as well I mean that's one thing through this whole, you know, COVID-19 with their, with, you know, live shows going on without a crowd, that crowd can add, I mean, for, maybe not for a wrestler or performer as much, but I know for me being an announcer, my energy channels from the boos and the cheers of who they're cheering and like booing for coming to the ring. So, you know, that factor really helps you a lot. Um, but I mean, as being a true professional, you know, with no crowd as well, you have to just, you know, pretend like you it's in your head and just focus on that hard cam and you have to just, you know, do it the same no matter what. And, you know, and that's why those guys are fined and they're flawless like that. Yeah. The fans always chant all the time. What is the worst chant you hate? The worst chant? Oh, man. Uh, when I was, uh, I guess, when I broke in this business, it wasn't so bad the first, like, year, year and a half. But then once I started getting a little more established, I started dipping my toes into, like, the New York wrestling scene. Yeah. And somebody that's my brother and mentor now, he put that first and foremost, Larry Legend. He really did take me under his wing and help me out. But, man, when I started doing shows in his territory, uh, and, I, and I never let it bother me, but it, it lasted a while. Like, all, you know, the announcer's not supposed to get any attention. I'm not supposed to take, I'm not supposed to defer any attention away from the talent. So, first and foremost, I know my role, but it was like the whole, you know, in between matches, you're not Larry, clap, 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 clap. You're not Larry, clap, 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 clap. Who the hell are you? 
who the hell are you? So yeah, I um I like to think that I earned my keep in this business. And uh, Larry would hear about it, and he would come, he'd hit me up and just bust my balls about it. Like like how'd you handle it? I was like I was all right. I didn't talk shit back or anything. I mean the fans can do it. I just um I, I told him it actually motivated me and it actually helped me. I used I treated it kind of like what the fans do with Stone Cold's butt. What it's a timing mechanism, and if you and if you take it into a professional aspect, it actually can help you. Let them get their chant in. You say your piece. Let them get their chant in. You say your words, and that's what Stone Cold does with the what chant. He's, he's turned it into a game. It started organically with the crowd just you know you know trying to be a pain in the ass, and he made it a whole thing and sold a gazillion T-shirts of it. So I mean, sometimes you got to take these organic things and you know you know make lemonade out of lemons or whatnot. But I mean. That was, uh, and I wouldn't even call it the worst thing. That was just like, you know, a, you know, a lot of people who don't know me from my first couple of years in the business. And, you know, I was good when I was doing smaller shows, but as soon as I got tried to go into that, like, deeper pool of the New York and New Jersey wrestling scene, you know, I had to endure that for a little bit. And I'm blessed that me and Larry, we, we stay in contact, and, you know, we probably hit each other up probably once, twice, twice, twice a month just to check in on each other, stuff like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that was all right. I mean, I try to avoid when fans are just, you know, sometimes you'll do shows and fans are chanting just the just hateful things about random stuff, you know, you know, you know, something that happened or, you know, you know, call a woman a bitch or something. I mean, I just try and ignore that. Don't Because at the end of the day, that fan's trying to get a rise out of everybody. And they love it when the announcer acknowledges it because then they feel like they're part of the show. So if you just kind of just like shut that down and just no sell them, as I like to say, then um, just let them have to do their thing and don't kind of like when a fan runs on the field during a sporting event. The first thing they do is they take the camera off the field and focus on the announcers because you don't want to give that fan any, you know, you know, TV credit or whatever. Uh, that is true because I, I'm a security guard at the Sydney Bank Park and cameras are always moving. Yeah, he chased, oh, yeah. He chased somebody last year. Yeah, I mean, people are, you're going to get people of all kinds. If you, once you put yourself in the public eye, you, and you can't complain about it. You just have to endure mm-hmm. it. You put yourself in the public spotlight. You have to be prepared to, you know, the consequences of, you know, whether it's local fame or national fame or international fame. If you put yourself out there, be ready for anything. Good. I remember going to, like, old ECW shows, and Francine was a very nice woman. We'd go to the ring, and the fans would be like, she's a whore. Uh, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and she's like one of the nicest people. Right. So it's like, like, Jesus Christ, man. But like, how do you know she's a whore? It's ECW, and it's to be expected. The fans, the fans are crazy out there, man. Oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the allure of the business, though. I do love to be a crazy fan. I don't love when crazy uh, crosses the line. But yeah. I do love a crazy, uh, ruckus fan. I mean, and there's something to, to be said, like I said, and appreciated. Now that there's no fans at shows right now, you know, for however long it is, I mean, the fans are definitely that special it factor to a show a lot of times where the, where the talent can channel the energy from. But right now, they're, they're, deep, they're digging down deep internally. I mean, I'm sure there's some performers that love performing in front of nobody because they, they don't want to have to deal with the, you know, booze and stuff like that. But, I mean, with the booze and the cheers, to me, they all blend in after a while and they all become the same. The worst thing, I think, that is in this business, you know, if you're getting booed, if you're getting cheered, you're doing it right. If you're not getting anything, then, you know, you're probably not getting over in the business and maybe this isn't the right line of work for you. So, I mean, I, I don't think people can appreciate a, how good a boo is sometimes. Because yeah. a boo means that that, per, that that fan has gotten that emotional connection with you. Even if it's a negative emotional connection, 
I mean, for them to want to boo you, I mean, that's that's something. I've gotten booed twenty. Okay. I, I love it. I mean, shit. Oh, I've I love getting booed. From, I've gotten called everything from Pee Wee Herman to Ryan Seacrest. Somebody called me Ryan Seacrest, and I'm like, oh, thank you. You're you're calling me a guy that makes a hundred million dollars a year. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, I can only hope to be uh, tenth as successful as Ryan Seacrest. That sounds great. He makes a shit ton of money. <laughs> Thank you. Seriously, that guy's got like that guy literally makes a hundred million bucks a year, and he's an announcer. So uh, I don't know. That sounds awesome. So, did you ever have like a dream match that you were going to announce, and you knew you were going to announce it, and go, "Oh wow, that's pretty cool that I get to announce that match." I I have a couple of dream matches I've gotten to announce. I, I once announced AJ Styles versus Rob Van Dam on the independent level, and that was pretty awesome. And that was in front of like two thousand people. I announced Rey Mysterio versus Amazing Red. And I saw that, that one. It was great. One of, that was probably one of House of Glory's biggest um, attendances. I, if, that, if that wasn't 2,000 people, that was pretty darn close. Um, that, was really, that was really good. Um, that was a cool night for me because those guys were so cool. Like the battery, I towards like the main event, I could see my microphone, the the power switch. There's like a green light and a red light, and the green light kept flickering. And then finally, right as I'm in the ring doing, you know, intimate in ring introductions, the red light comes on, and the battery's like dead. And um, I had spare batteries in my pocket, and I kind of said to them, I'm like, I'm like, I'm real casual. I'm like, hey guys, uh, my battery's dead. They're like, no problem, man. We got you. We can just stand on the turnbuckles and raise our arms for like five minutes, and the fans will eat it up. And they did. They just they just counted each other. They kept going up on the turnbuckles, putting their arms up. Yay! Yay! So like oh, they yeah. were so cool. Ray Ray Mysterious like take your time, bro. He goes. I he goes. We got this crowd. And I was like that was it. And and I, I fixed that. I tried to like do it nonchalant in the corner so the camera wasn't watching me change the batteries. And and then I did. And it was cool. And um just the way you know you take a high adrenaline uh, situation and the heartbeat of these guys is just so low and cool i'm like that's that's professionalism right there and yeah i mean that, that was that was really cool it was cool they had my back and then the introductions went off without a hitch and um yeah that, that was really that was, that was probably one of their best matches in history there um i've gotten to announce um the dudley boys official last match was at house of glory um that was a couple years ago i know devon recently officially announced his retirement but his last in-ring competition was at house of glory it was the dudley boys versus the hardy boys versus uh private party in a triple threat match for the tag team titles and that was a pretty cool vibe and um yeah i mean that, that to be part of that and like devon's come back and they've done and he's he's come back to help out for the, like the matt travis memorial show we had and stuff like that they came out um you know, with like Tommy Dreamer, who's been very influential to my career. Tommy's been a great guy. One of the nicest guys I talk my, to every time. He's yeah, he's had my back uh, a couple times. He got me hooked up with uh, uh, the Impact Wrestling tapings I did uh, last May, and how uh, how the hardcore where I believe you gentlemen saw saw me in November. Yeah. So I mean, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have gotten that national platform like that. So. Always eternally grateful, and I know you know Tommy would be like, "Shut up, just just do your thing, just be an announcer." He doesn't want the kudos, but because he's cool like that. But um, yeah, that was definitely he's somebody I didn't mention earlier, somebody that I always respect and always appreciate being able to announce in the ring, and uh, he he's a guy that totally gets it as far as the business goes. We we never when when House of Hardcore comes to Philly, we never miss one. No, we're we're always there. I I can remember the first time I went to House of Hardcore. I walked up to Tommy, I introduced myself, he knew who I was, and I 
said, he was, he looked at me and he goes, and I'm like Kaner's little brother. He goes, tell that motherfucker I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> so the other question is, can you find House of Glory on the IWTV? You know what? I, I am actually a subscriber to IWTV. And so are we. I don't have an answer as to why, but no, I believe House of Glory is not on IWTV. Uh, should be. You can, if anybody that's listening can go. They have a whole bunch of free content on YouTube, House of Glory Wrestling, and also check out their website, hogwrestling.net. They got a whole bunch of content on there, information about their training facility, but the YouTube content is really good. I mean, if you type in just on search House of Glory Wrestling, they have classic matches. They have uh, uh, more recent stuff. It's really good. Um, you know, um, I'm, I'm not going to make any real assumptions, but, I mean, with the um, with Master P acquiring at least a partial ownership, if not full ownership with House of Glory, I'm not even sure what that entail is. They kind of, you know, it's good that they keep the talent out of the loop until it's a need-to-know basis. Uh, maybe that Mr. might be a part of the reason why we're not affiliated with IWTV. But at the same time, why you know you can pay the ten bucks a month to see all that great content, and then you can pay zero bucks a month to watch a whole bunch of free House of Glory content on YouTube. Yeah. Oh yeah, trust me, we got um, we got Corey Cows coming on in a couple of weeks, and I'm watching old video of him on uh, from CZW, and I'm like, wow, dude, look at you with the blonde hair and everything else, and it's just funny to see a lot of these guys that I know now when they look so young on the, on the old CCW. Oh yeah. So uh, that, and it just ma- it makes you realize how long we've all been around this business. Right. <laughs> like getting back to what you were talking about, about announcing, I used to announce for uh Carino up in PWF and there oh, were, nice. there were a couple of shows where the mic didn't show up and I'm a very loud guy. I used to bark in Wildwood for the rides and games and stuff like that. So I'm a very loud guy. I don't need a mic. So I just got in that ring and I did Right. I got in that ring and I just did it without the mic. Lost my voice that night, but it was still fun. Yeah, sometimes sometimes you got to just suck it up. Oh, yeah. I've had kind of instances, you know, when that mic goes, you you didn't have a mic the whole night or you had a mic part of the night and it died towards the end? No, no mic. The the DJ never even showed up. We had to use the house system for the uh, music. So luckily there was a house mic there. And we just hooked up a radio and put the mic with the house uh, radio. But they're not as good, so you have to announce twice as hard just to get the sound to come out. Right, exactly. That's why I sound like a little old man from Brooklyn yeah. the next day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's uh, much respect. I, I've done I've done a show where the mic worked for the opening match, and then it died, and then I pretty much was like, I was using it as a prop, and then I kind of like tossed the mic and said, oh, we don't need this, and I just did it acapella the whole night, and the fans really appreciated it. And, uh, yeah, my, my voice didn't, but... Uh, right. Know, Tis, tis the nature of, of the beast. Oh, yeah. So, do you have any pet peeves in the business? Uh, again, please? Do you have any pet peeves in the business? Like... I have any pet peeves in the business? Oh, man. How much <laughs> time do you have? Shit, man. We got all um, night. I'm just you kidding. Know, you know, from a ringing... Let's start... From a breaking down a ringing answer standpoint. Uh, I like... I've been known... To, I like to go to shows sometimes, even if I'm not booked. Sometimes it's nice to sit in the crowd as a fan and as a spectator and, a, and an observer, and I like to observe what's going on because sometimes you you can, you know, get a tight grasp on those little facets of the business that you know, a, lot, a lot of times people don't recognize. And for me, I noticed that a lot of shows, and there's no particular name or no particular company, just my observation over the years, when the match is over, there's no 
there's no ring announcer in the ring for maybe 45 seconds to a minute, and it's just a blank canvas. So, I mean, the fans' attention span, to me, the one of the unwritten, one of the responsibilities of a ring announcer that I don't think a lot of people can appreciate is I'm kind of like the reset button between matches. You know, the fans, I want to make sure the fans aren't going on their phones. I want to make sure the fans aren't getting up to use the bathroom. I want to make sure the fans aren't losing attention. And with that 45 seconds to a minute may not sound like a long time, but that's enough time for a fan to say, all right, guess we're not doing anything. Screw it. And they get up, they go take a piss, they go go to the concession. And they miss something. plenty of time to use the bathroom, go to the concession. And then... That really, uh, you know, that, that stinks for the next uh, match of the performers that are in. Because now those performers don't have as many people in the seats watching their craft that they've, you know, they've been working hard to, you know, that's their canvas. You know, they, they, they want to paint artwork. And now, you know, if like 20 people get up and use the bathroom because the announcer wasn't in the ring to keep their attention, you know, I don't think that's fair to the next match. So I always make it a point. I never, I never get in the ring until all the performers from the previous match are done. Because sometimes, you know, they want to, you know, put their arms up and cheer. Sometimes they want to cut a quick promo. Sometimes they just, you know, want to get the crowd going. And as soon as they leave the ring, you can always count on my knee being on that apron in the ring. I'll calmly stand in the corner. Sometimes it's not my time to talk yet because they're still on the on the stage saying bye to the fans, and you want to, you know, let the fans have that full attention. But as soon as those performers are done and they go back through the curtain. Their head, guess where their head goes? Right back to the middle of the ring because they want to see what's coming up next. And if there's nothing in that ring, they're going to find something else to keep their attention going because they came there to be entertained. So I'm in the ring. Even if I'm in the ring and somebody's like, hey, Dave, can you stall for like a minute or two? You know, whether the camera guy's got to reset the film or whether the performers aren't ready yet. You know, I got a whole bunch. I always make sure I have an index card with all kinds of filler time, upcoming matches, merchandise, Raffles, you know, yeah, website, social media outlet. I mean, shit. I got. I mean, one index card. I probably have five minutes of material right there. And if I run out of material, I usually tell people, "Well, I ran out of material, so." And I'll make them laugh with that. I'm like, oh, "We're we're still waiting for the next match." If nothing <laughs> else, try and make them laugh. I mean, yeah, own it sometimes. Don't try and never never bullshit the fans. That's it. So um, I was I was announcing a show. Ref comes in and goes, "They're not ready. Stall. Shit." Okay. Hey, don't forget to check out the merchandise table. You could you could come out as the frog from the Warner Brothers and start dancing. Yeah, start dancing. Yeah. Or like the little um, alien thing from Spaceballs. Yeah. Whatever. Here comes the money. Just start yeah. singing. Why not? <laughs> so I'm a big fan of um, like when I hear stories about catering and businesses. <laughs> so when there, there's a side story to it. So <laughs> the side story is Blue Meanie. Coming out to the ring saying catering. So now I just ask questions about catering. So popping catering. <clears throat> so what is what is who has the best catering out of um places you've been? Who's got the best catering? <laughs> yes. Oh no, that's a tough one. I have my next to me, she's smiling. My girlfriend at Debbie Kane, who's all who, who's a wrestler, smiling. Who's the best catering you you ever had, babe? Oh wait. Oh, while she's looking that one up, we did a show. I, I, I remember we did a show in Delaware once with one CW, oh. and I think they gave okay. us Popeyes. It, it was Popeyes, right? Yeah, we had Popeyes catering for that one. That was pretty darn cool. I didn't expect that. I was like, there's just chicken and potatoes and biscuits everywhere. So you know, you know, usually, hey, a hot dog is good. You know, I mean, I'm always a big fan of after shows, the concession stands, like it. Tell the boys and girls free food, and as soon as you hear free food, there's a couple of them wrestlers, 300 pound boys. They hear free food, 
you know, me being a 175-pound announcer, it's kind of like it's kind of like a hyena trying to run with our rhinoceros is trying to grab it. So yeah, I'm telling you, man. But yeah, free food is good. Um, but that yeah, that uh, Popeyes one stands out. Um, generally, it's always been pretty good. You know, I did a show recently. You know, me and Debbie did a show for Super Crazy Wrestling in in Philadelphia at Tollman Joe's last year. And one of the wrestlers had the hookup, and we got cheesesteaks there. Um, um, those were, I think they were from a Gino's. I, and, and if I'm wrong about that, both. I know, but <laughs> I, I definitely know, I, I definitely know the show was across the street from Tony Luke's, but I definitely know the guy wasn't a Tony Luke's guy. He's like, he's like, don't eat that crap. And I, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it was Gino's. And he hooked us up with like, I'm telling you, man, like 70 cheesesteaks. No, there was regular steak. There were steaks with cheese, and there were steaks with cheese with and onions. He gave like three different kinds, and you know I'm sitting there going, "This is really nice." And it was just like, it was cool that that Gino's hooked us up like that. And you know, it's the little things like that because you know, I mean, most performers, anybody that's been in the business a while, never never expect anything. No, this business doesn't owe you anything. You know, usually a promoter, if they agree to something, they owe you an envelope. You know, if you agree to something, you get an envelope. But anything else on top of that, be be grateful. I mean, you're there to do a job and perform your said task. But yeah, um, yeah. So I'll go with the I'll go with the Genos and uh, and Popeyes. That was that was good times right there. Yeah, we were at we were at the last con and uh, Dog was there and he walks right up oh, to me. Oh, Dog, yeah. Yeah, and he walks up to me and he goes, "Do you smoke?" I'm like, "No, not at all." He's like, "Go try my energy drink." <laughs> I'm like, I'm standing there with my 15 year old. I'm like, mother. Yeah, Jeez. he definitely loves to hawk his energy drinks. Right. O-Dog's but it was like, it was like I, I've known O-Dog since. I've known O-Dog. I, I, me and Debbie worked for his company, Super Crazy. And we've, I've also known O-Dog since I mentioned earlier, Devastation Wrestling Federation. Like my first year in the business, he was one of the dudes in the locker room those first couple of shows I started. He was always very uh, cool to me. So, yeah. I, I remember Dog when now. he first started. Um, but I walked into the con at 8 a.m. and he looks at me and goes, the fuck are you doing here? I'm like, I'm, I got a table. He's like, me too. <laughs> we got a table. We got a table. We got a table. He's like, well, buy one of my energy drinks and get a shirt. I'm like, okay, I'll buy your energy drink, but you got to throw in two shirts. He's like, done. Sounds like old dog, He's up. He's always out there getting getting his company name out there and making that like cash. So yeah, well, a, he's definitely a good good promoter and very. Passionate oh, he's a great he guy. Does. When we did the thing for my brother back in the H two O place uh, last year, I walked up to him like, "What up, dog?" And he looks at me and he gives me like double look. I'm like Keener's little brother, and he nearly has a heart attack when he looks at me. And he's like, "You got big." <laughs> so okay, right. well, I've got the next question. What is the weirdest autograph you've been given to a fan? What is the weirdest autograph I've ever given to a fan? Yeah, like, well, I mean, because, like, some people talk Yeah, to... I mean, not too many people ask me for my autograph. I mean, a couple of times I get it. Um, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I mean, sometimes people want me to put a little transcription on there, like, one fall. I mean, I didn't invent one fall. <laughs> But, uh, but apparently, you know, the fans really pop. I do one fall, and in unison, I've had up to 2,000 people go, one fall! So people like that, and I usually, you know, you know David Adams' best wishes for one fall. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I think it was pretty straightforward with autographs. And the fact that anybody, you know, wants the ring announcer's autograph, so it's a cool thing. And, uh, you, you know, it's just never never take anything for granted in this business and if somebody wants your autograph and and you're not one of the primary stars on the show and you know you know the ref, the referees the announcers you know 
they're all, you know, secondary characters on the show, which in, in turn, it takes the referees, announcers, and the wrestlers working together to make the full product that so we are a team. Right. But at the same time, I'm very well aware that the fans aren't paying plus dollars a ticket to see me I like to think that I help accent their experience so if that if I've influenced them enough that they want to ask for my autograph that you know I'll take it as that but yeah I mean I don't have any good outlandish autographs I've been asked for just one fall people have wanted me to put on there that's so I guess that's my my catchphrase that I didn't invent but somehow they tell me that's my catchphrase I mean I usually go with who's got time for one more match that's my thing and before the main event um, I, I I did like read a story about a wrestler. I don't remember which one it was. They signed a baby. Signed a baby. Yes, because they didn't have Nobody anything to sign. They signed a baby. Oh, that's weird. the weirdest. I, the weirdest thing. So that's the question. <laughs> I remember. I don't think it was, I signed a baby. I, I think I, I think I would agree to sign the baby's clothes, but I wouldn't want to potentially give the baby ink poisoning or anything like that but yeah i mean i guess i'm not at a baller level where, where i've ever been asked that baby or tits or anything like that yeah that was so, like the weirdest thing i heard and i was like wow we, we were doing pro wrestling unplugged johnny cashmere's company and the big poster to sign and meanie was on it here meanie signed the poster there was nowhere from the sign so what does he do takes yeah. a blue pen and signs over everybody else <laughs> <laughs> Love blue meaning. I, I love him. Right. I got yelled at him. I got right. yelled at uh, by him once. So I was going I to a concert in Philly, and him and Tracy were up in Starbucks on South Street. And I'm like, I saw you on South Street last night. I was going to a concert. And he's like, the hell did you come up and say hi? I said, well, I didn't want to feel like a fanboy or anything like that. He's like, dude, you're not a fan. You're more like family. I'm like, good point. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Very cool. When when we go to bed, we have dreams. Do you have a wrestling dream? Can I ever have a wrestling dream, like become a wrestler? A re- like a wrestling dream, like you're you're in the dream and like you something happens and you forget the mic or something, or you have a story like Ric Flair's coming out and you're doing an introduction. You know how weird weird dreams are. Yeah, I mean, all my weird dreams have already happened in reality. I, I've uh, I've gone to the ring. I've, I've, I literally have gone to the ring to start a show, and the microphone was in the gorilla position, and I totally forgot it. So imagine going out to a show, and there's like 500 people, and they get they see David Adams, and I'm like, yeah, and I really, I don't have the mic. And I literally, bye, and I got out of the ring, and that confused the shit out of them, because I was like, oh, the mic's in the gorilla position. And I came out, I was like, and then I, I just played it off, like, you know, I turn everything into a gimmick and I was like oh it looks like I forgot something guys and, the, and then they laughed but then that's done that uh, I told you about my debut I dropped the cards and then I forgot to turn the mic on and 300 people chanting turn the mic on asshole turn it on yeah. <laughs> you know I, yeah I mean it's like yeah, a single of asshole chant dreams are weird because sometimes when you wake up you don't remember the dream I think I've tried wrestling dreams in the past but yeah I mean Nothing really specifically with me, with the uh, anything with the with the talent or anything like that. But I mean, all my weird stuff is all—it's happened in front of a live crowd. So I mean, it's helped me with the ability. Once you gain the ability to not give a crap and not worry about failure, I mean, that makes you the best you possible. And I, at this point, I don't even think about messing up anymore because I, I realize this business—it's not a—it's per- not a perfect business. And if you do mess up, there's always room to make the crowd laugh or turn it into something organic that made it better than it would have been originally. So, yeah. 
It's weird, like, sometimes you remember dreams, sometimes you don't. And, and yeah, when I wake up, I'll be like, I'll just know that my uh, that my brain circuit's wrong. I was like, man, that was weird shit, and then within about 20 minutes of getting a cup of coffee, I forget what it was about, I just know that my circuits were all twisted, and all these, like, different parts of my life were all, like, twisted into, like, uh, one dream. So, I mean, your brain is like a big computer, and then when you're, when you're asleep, you're on autopilot, all those and neurons and I mean this is me trying to talk like a doctor and I'm, I'm not a doctor I'm not a doctor but yeah I mean I, but basically all those and neurons are all you know cementing together and you get all these weird you know mishmash of, of your life well, sometimes sometimes characters or people from different parts of life all you know, sometimes squished into one dream I mean I, I don't know nothing specific but I mean I've had that happen in the past you know when you're like traveling and all if you're not driving do you read books and watch movies or any TV shows Movie guy, I aspire to read books. <laughs> I have books. I actually do buy books, and I I have a part of a bookshelf where I have books. Um, but <laughs> my girlfriend is looking at me right now with this look like, "Are you going to tell these guys you read? Because you know you don't freaking read." I don't read, dear. I <laughs> she's trying to look at me like I'm going to lie to you guys. I never lie to anybody. I am I have an open book, and I keep it 100. percent And I I probably have some kind of an undiagnosed uh, ADD where I can get through most of one chapter, but then it's like ooh shiny things, and I like I I have a problem sitting still sometimes. Reading a book is very relaxing, and I understand that. Like my girlfriend reads, my family members read, and you know they find it very relaxing. Me, I can relax like 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 I like I watch The Irishman on Netflix, and that's like three and a half hours. People are going it's too long. That movie flowed for me. I can sit still and watch like a three and a half hour movie, you know, Godfather 2, any of these long three plus hour movies. See, to me, that's relaxing. But you try to give me a book, and I mean, I have tons of great wrestling books too. I got, I, I have Mick Foley autobiography, I have Chris Jericho, Hulk Hogan. I mean, I have uh, non wrestling related books. Um, uh, I just got a good one of, about, uh, about boxing. And it's like, I want to sit down and read them, but for some reason, uh, yeah, um, I got that. Uh, Fancy itch, and it's been even worse now that we haven't been able to uh, uh, have that outlet of of pro wrestling shows to perform. Yeah. So I'm, I'm antsy all the time. That's, I was very happy to uh, have this opportunity to do the podcast. Um, and so it's out there, guys. I was probably supposed to call these gentlemen earlier today, but me and my girlfriend got lost in the woods today because hey, it's 75 degrees and it's Memorial Day weekend. Let's go for a hike. Yeah. And we went chasing waterfalls. So remember, when you don't, go, start, don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't lie. Go chasing nature trails and enjoy not being locked up in in confinement. So yeah, we got lost. We, we got a little sidetracked on time. So I appreciate you guys not even blinking an eye at that and accommodating for later time. But yeah, uh, we didn't get five there, so that's a good thing. I would have TLC in the background playing water, yeah, right? Dancing and everything else. <laughs> Can you see we Dave do. dancing? I, I, hope I, get, I hope I get that stuck in your head now. That's good. That's my little gift to you guys. Don't go chasing waterfall. Because you might get lost in the woods and get three hours late for your assignment. You know what? Next time we go to House of Hardcore, we have to chant that. Oh, we will. We will. We will. That's that's our chant. We're going to start waterfall chants. Chase those waterfalls. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's, hey if, I'm, if I'm blessed enough to get an, an invite back for whenever they do another House of Hardcore show, by, by all means, 
bring it on. Uh, that, um, I literally went my whole career never announcing at the you know ECW Arena, 2300 Arena, whatever however you want to call it now. Um, and then, and then like last year, I got to announce there for uh, a weekend of Impact and then for House of Hardcore. And so it all happened at once. And that building is every bit as special as the building is. And I wish I could have been there for the original uh, ECW because I know they. From what I've been told, the, the renovations they changed—it's changed a lot since the original Correct. configuration. But the, but that new configuration still got a whole lot of special to it, and yeah, it's definitely a definitely a couple of my proudest moments of my announcing career doing that stuff there. And, and there is something special to be said about a about a crowd in Philadelphia. I've gotten that vibe working with O Dog and Super Crazy in Philadelphia. But it was a, it was definitely um, electrified a little bit more at the arena there. So. Yeah. Definitely, uh, all those all those memories and all that hype is uh, is, is is legit. Definitely a blessing oh, yeah. that I can say that I've gotten my my career there, and you know I've got the respect to the you know just to be back just to be backstage in that locker room, to be in that squared circle to do your thing. You know, it says a lot for the people that have have the faith in me to go and do the damn thing, as uh, one of my mentors would say. It's one of the reasons why we changed the name to the podcast twenty three hundred. Wrestling, just because of the ECW arena. So, I remember when I started going there, the entrance was in that far right yeah, corner. I know it. And then coming back and sitting back there, and it looking completely different since like PWU and the other companies ran there. Um, yeah. So, speaking of that, so. In the business of wrestling, has anything like really hit you when they passed? One hit me. I know that. Wait, has anything really like, hit me when when what, bro? If like, somebody died in the business, like somebody that you knew in the business, like Trent Acid hit me yeah. pretty hard when he passed because I knew him personally. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been people in the business that have passed, you know, and I haven't, you know, had that close connection to you other than, you know, another it's a brother or sister in the business and we do those 10 bell salutes for them. But for right. me, the closest one was um, last year when Matt Travis passed away. Yeah, that one, that, that one was hard. I, House of Glory, I've been, that, that's, I consider House of Glory my, my home fed. Uh, Brian Excel and Amazing Red have been to me since like late 2011, early 2012. And um, yeah, yeah, and, that was, uh, yeah, that one hit hard uh, for everybody involved. Um, um, and, you know, I think, you know, everybody got a little bit of closure when they caught the person that, you know, you know, did the, you know, did what they did. And, uh, um, yeah, because I was close with Matt and I, I had done, uh, angles with Matt and Ken Broadway. At one time I was briefly, you know, the, uh, personal paid ring announcer of Cashflow Inc. of Cashflow Ken Broadway, his best friend, you know, in, you know, in real life or whatnot. And, um, and I worked with him and Matt and got to know Matt and what a good, genuine person he was. And Matt, one thing I noticed about Matt was he was always trying to help the younger guys. He was always, always be one of those guys that, you know, the first guy there, last guy to leave type scenario. And um, just you know, just a good dude that actually gave a crap about the business and the people in it. Wasn't just there, you know, just to put his work in, get his stuff in, and then be, and then go home. He definitely had a genuine uh, talent for it and a knack for it. And, um, yeah. I mean, I don't really, I don't really want to talk too much more about that because yeah. he's eternally, he's eternally going to be missed by us. But yeah, that one probably uh, hits the deepest for me personally. Yeah, um, 
That was not my kind of question. I I don't like that stuff. It's sad when somebody passes. Um, if you have a table of five, um, you're the one. There's four people put at the table. Who would you have at the table with you? If I had a vendor table and I could have four people at my table, who would it be? Yes. Ooh, well, that's well, that's 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 pretty. That's pretty darn good. Uh, it's pretty uh, pretty tough one. Um, well, obviously I'd have to have my girlfriend next to me because she'd be the one to help me handle good money because I can trust her. But as far <laughs> as the stars go, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I put Rick Flair at that table any day of the week. Um, I would put uh, Tommy Dreamer at that table. I would, uh, God, I mean, uh, I would put Amazing Red at that table. People that I personally, you know, I, I feel, you know, would, would want to be there. And if I, I mean, if I could pick one more talent to put at that table, I and mean, uh, God, I'm, you know, just because I know we would be telling jokes all day, and he's a, and the guy likes to have a guitar, you could put an RVD at that table, put Rob Van Dam there. Every time I work with Rob, that guy, he's about as cool as it gets as far as, Low pressure. Let's just do our job. Never gets never gets angry about anything. Just you know, any always. I don't care if he's in his twenties, thirties, or forties. You know, this guy is always you know putting on a heck of an effort. So, has anybody pranked you in the business? Has anybody pranked me? Yeah. Uh, man. Uh, I mean, I've had my I've had my gear bag hidden on me a couple times. Um. Uh. I uh, I would t- I stopped taking showers after wrestling shows because uh, people took my clothes. That was a good one. Yeah, I eventually found them, but like uh, like they were. If I saw a facility with a shower, I would take a shower for the show, and then my shit would be missing. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I never got, I never got upset about any of that stuff. Uh, if people are doing that stuff, that's because they've accepted you as part of the locker room. And yeah. So usually, you know, if you go there and you only shake hands and only talk with a minimal amount, minimal amount of people, and you do your work and you go home. And they probably, you know. Yeah. I, so, but no, I mean, generally they haven't. I knock on wood, they haven't messed with me too bad. I always mess with Dave over here, so he's always missing things, like his pop toys moving different places. That's my thing with him. Because I'm a toy collector. Shut up. <laughs> Leave me alone. Like he puts toys, like his pops out, I move them to different places in the room. I collect Funko Pops. All right, get over it. Hey, you're not the only one. Funko Pops are a good thing to, to collect. But they oh. can get very cumbersome very quickly. It takes them a couple hours to figure out their moves. But that's, hey, that makes me laugh. Some of the ones I have are worth a lot of money. Like the Ric Flair Special Edition only you can get for 2019. W-E-W-W-E. <laughs> well, that, sound, that sounds like a good investment then. And certainly you could probably sell that on, on eBay at any given time. It's worth $75 now. Show, you know? Hey, you can save it to Dave right here. Hey, a lot of them. Some of the other ones I have are like close to $300, so. So, um, if you can go back in time, would you do it all over again? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a big time travel nerd with Back to the Future and everything, but if I could go back in time and, and change anything, eh, probably not because anything you change could, you know, have uh, relevant changes to the, our, the current state of where I'm at. So, I think everything happens for a reason. I've had my fair share of tr- uh, triumphs and uh, tribulations in the business. Um, <laughs> and um, I, and I think they both, you know, work well with each other. I think if you go your whole business, I think if you go the whole time in the business with just good stuff happening to you, you can't <laughs> truly get to that next level. I think you have to have a little bit of conflict 
happen in order to get to that next level. And, you know, sometimes you have to take two steps back to go, you know, three steps ahead. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, yeah, I mean, everything that's happened happened for a reason. I mean, am I signed? No. But if we can get back to live shows and I can keep earning my keep, maybe, maybe one day, you know, that, that'll change. No, I just keep doing my thing. That's basically it. But no regrets. Everything happens for a reason. And in this business, you have to have a short memory. You just got to keep moving forward because Correct. the fans have a short memory. I'm, I'm thinking a lot of times, and you know, they constantly want to see evolving storylines and evolving change. Can't oh, stay stagnant for too long. Your 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 it will happen for you, my friend. It will happen. Oh, um, thank you. I appreciate that confidence. Uh, uh, hey, from. From your mouth to Vince McMahon's uh, checkbook, brother. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, that works. When you brought up Back to the Future right there, um, I met Jeff Jarrett, and the first thing I asked him, I was like, um, how was it working with Michael J. Fox? Because he was in a movie called Life with Mikey. And he said yeah. he was yeah, the coolest. Yes. Yeah. He said he was the coolest guy he ever met. So Michael J. Fox is awesome. I love all his movies. <laughs> No, absolutely. Doc Hollywood's one of my favorites Great. besides I'm Back sorry, the Frighteners. Frighteners was good, too. Okay, do you have any social media, um, anything to pass out to, for people to follow you? Oh, sure. If anybody, uh, if anybody's bored during the quarantine and they want to check out this ring announcer, um, you can check me out on Facebook. Uh, I think the exact thing, I mean, you could try just type it in David Adams, but I think the exact address is like facebook.com backslash davidadams.ringannouncer. I made it pretty specific because apparently there's a lot of David Adams out there on Facebook. So, But um, if you're honestly, if you know anybody in wrestling, check their check your mutual friends. I'm probably, I have, I mean, I have like 4,000 Facebook followers. That's not bad because you get like 5,000. So yeah, I mean, I'm probably a mutual friend of somebody that, that you know. I know uh, we have Instagram. at least 50. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Instagram, David underscore Adams underscore ring announcer. And uh, you can go to, uh, you know, Twitter is, you know, I, I've been trying to get my, my Twitter game up. I don't quite uh, have the best skill set at it. But um, the handle for that is voice of the ring. I, there was way too many David Adams to choose from. So I just went with voice of the ring. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, more important, you check out some of the promotions I work for. Uh, House of Glory, you can check out their website, hrgwrestling.net. They've got a lot of great information about the company. If anybody's ever dreamed of being a wrestler, whenever they open up their school again, House of Glory's got one of the best performing uh, as far as uh, performance uh, schools to learn the wrestling business the right way. And, um, yeah, just uh, over in Jersey, Titan Championship Wrestling, Check them out. I work for them as well. Uh, check out Synergy Pro Wrestling in, in New Jersey, run by a good guy named Colin West. He's a good dude. Um, but yeah, I mean, check out all that stuff. And hopefully we can all get back onto uh, the road of pro wrestling shows. And I have a YouTube channel. And if you type in David Adams Ring Announcer uh, in a search, I do have a channel there. And I probably have over a thousand matches that I've personally recorded over the years from 2011 to to, to 2000, I, I would love to say, yeah, part of 2020, at least until all this uh, COVID stuff broke down. But yeah, there's yeah. Uh, there's tons of free stuff that I've done announcing and commentary, usually both. Check that out. I mean, you got everybody's got some downtime and free wrestling is free wrestling. So I know I, I shared the video of uh, you and Fonzie the other day. 
And I sent it to DB, and he started laughing about it. Oh, uh, you saw that interview at Synergy. Oh man, I, yeah, that was a nineties. Uh, 90- that was a 90s uh, party celebration, so that's why I kind of was dressed in all that crazy uh, garb there. But yeah, it was yeah funny. Colin was like dressed like from the 90s, and I cheated a little because the hat I'm wearing was actually the Marty McFly hologram hat from Back to the Future Part 2. <laughs> and I know that was technically a 1989 movie, but who cares? It looked awesome. And you it, were up by one year. That on a show. Oh, I love movies, man. I have, yeah. have 5,000 yeah, in my collection. I, I had my girlfriend watching They Live the other night. Good getting movie. into it, so. So, I like to tell people when they come on the show. Um, on our first show. I, we did well, other our interviews. First show back. We did other. When you come on to the Integori Network, you become part of the family. So, welcome to the family. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. Oh, thank you. It's good to be part of the family. <laughs> Anytime you need to talk. Talk about movies, whatever. I'm always around. Okay? Awesome. Well, thank you. That, that's awesome. Thank you for the platform. And Julie's been great talking to all you guys tonight. Anytime, brother. Thank hey, you I for coming the, on. I love this business. Yeah, me too, bro. I love this business. Can't wait till we can all reunite. Make sure you guys stay safe out there and, you know, practice proper social distancing. Oh, um, Dave's like on my lap. I'm telling him to get off. Put your pants back <laughs> on. <laughs> All right, guys. Have a good night, all right? You too. You Have too. Thank going. you, brother. Bye. Hey, DB. Yes, what's up? Hey, so you live in Wilmington, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somewhere uh, in Delaware. Somewhere. somewhere, yeah, well, yeah. Somewhere. Yeah, we're in Delaware, Delaware somewhere. In Delaware. Hi. Like, remember, like, Delaware. Um, Delaware. Hello, yeah. we're in Delaware. So, Jimmy has a place called Siddeley to go. Oh, yes. It's the greatest place on earth. It's like yeah. Disney World. Well, I was in there the other day. Great piece. Amazing. The, the white piece is good. The, all their everything they have is really good. Oh my gosh, good. they do Delicious. taco pizza too. Yes, they do. Oh, yes. And I mean the chicken bacon ranch, oh, great, amazing, always. So I was in there the other night uh-huh. having a slice, delicious, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So got to talking, yeah. and now they're one of the official sponsors of the Instagram Network. How did that happen? Had some pizza. Oh, so what's up? What's up? So they're located on 1806 Marsh Road in Wilmington, Delaware. Going to see Anthony and Alex. Going to see Anthony and Alex. Tell, Tell them I said hi. Yeah, tell them we said hi. Yeah. Tell them yeah. you're a fan of the Instagram. You never know. Mm. You might get a nice conversation about wrestling with them. Oh, they might have wrestling on TV. Well, they might. Oh. Monday, or, Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah. What, um, what about Sunday? I don't know about Sunday. They're open. They're open, yeah. But I don't know what time till. Oh, they're open. They're just open. They're, you know, they're just open. They're, they're open. 10 till 10. 10 like 10. always. Yeah. All day, every day. All day, every day. Great yeah. pizza, great stage. Always great, great pizza. You know what I mean? It's like. Always great. Like food. I said, it's like Disney World. But check them out. They're located in Wilmington, open Monday to Sunday, 10 to 10. Great food, great time. Tell Alex and Anthony we sent you. Oh, what's the webpage? The The webpage is www.siddlytogo.com, all one word. Oh, what, what else can you get in there? Oh, you got everything. Everything. You can get seafood, you can get wraps. You can oh, get you got wraps? Meatball, you can meatballs? get... Mm, I meatballs? I love, love meatballs. Oh, got a lot of meatballs. So, oh, do yeah. they have dessert? They got dessert. They got dessert? They got some good dessert oh, there. Got you dessert. had to go there and have some dessert. Oh, look dessert. at those wings. Oh, wings. Mm, wings. Wings. Pie. Calzones. Stromboli. Oh, this is great. Oh, yeah. Go to where? Go to www.siddlytogo.com. All one word. What's, you can the, also, what's the number? You can also reach them at 302-475-9000. And that's 1806 Marsh Road, Wilmington, Delaware. Open Monday to Sunday, 10 to 10. And they're on Grubhub, too. And they're on Grubhub. And, and, and if you use Grubhub, you receive $12 off your first order from Grubhub. No way. That's so great. Sounds good to me. Uh, let's go get some dinner. Oh, dinner. Oh. All right, let's go. Okay. Let's go to Disney World. No, no. I want to go to Siddley. 